Welcome, welcome, folks, to 1088 Podcast. I'm super excited about this. Yes, this is episode one, okay? And episode one is basically, I'm going to pitch to you what 1088 Podcast is, what we're going to bring to those beautiful little ears of yours, okay, and entertain that magnificent mind, all right? So, first off, let's figure out this 1088 podcast, all right? 1088 is the 10 code for law enforcement, all right? So, you've got 10-4, right? It means okay. Uh, and you have 10-9, which means repeat yourself. 10-10 is negative. 10-33 is, you know, officer needs help. Um, there's a ton of them. All right. Never did learn them all. I, well, I maybe I did learn them all at one point of my career, uh, but they're not all exclusively used. But anyways, 1088. 1088 is a man with a gun. So, you know, you're cruising the streets in your patrol car or whatnot. And dispatch, you know, yells out Valley 58. You need to copy a 1088. Well, that's, you know, them calling out to the patrol officer in that beat saying, yo, we got a man with a gun, right? And you need to respond accordingly. So you're not going to show up with a knife, <laughs> obviously. But anyways, so 1088, man with a gun. It's fitting for my podcast because, and I'll get into it here with you, uh, but 1088's man with a gun. I'm a retired cop. And uh, all of my guests, uh, for now, uh, that I'll be bringing on are going to be Current cops, retired cops, former cops, all right? The men and women that are uh, our frontline defense in our neighborhoods and in our communities and in our business districts, okay? These folks are the ones I'm going to bring on to the podcast. and We're going to discuss real-life shit, all right? And I know all you folks, a lot of you out there like watching... um, you know, cops on TV and, uh, you know, all of these, these crime shows on TV, um, where half of it's not even legit. Well, what you get on here is going to be legit. All right. Um, so be prepared. The whole goal is to give you the listeners. All right. Firsthand knowledge of true crime. Okay. But it's coming to you from the officers that was there, all right? So, for example, uh, you know, you get a bank robbery or whatever, and it's a shootout. And, uh, you know, I get that guy, one of the guys or gals on the show. Um, We're going to discuss that event. And we're going to discuss that event in deep details. They're going to share with you, the listeners, um, you know, what kind of setting up the scene, like what it was like, you know, what they got the call, what there was going through their mind when they were in route to this call. Um, what were they visualizing? What were they preparing for on their way to this call? Once they got to that call, uh, what is these expectations met or was it something completely different? And once they got on, um, the scene, you know, what did they see? How did it unfold? Um, and all of those things. 
So, um, time out. I got to take a drink. It's water. It's all good. Anyways, um, so, yeah, so they're going to show up. They're going to share this information with us, right? And say, uh, you know, the officer gets in a shootout with bad guy or bad guys. Um, you know, we're going to dive into that and be like, you know, what do you remember? Um, you know, how, how did it affect you that day? What did you go through? Um, you know, what was it like the next day? What was it like that week? What was it like that month? How's it, how did it impact on you and your career? How did it impact you as an individual? How did it have an impact on your family? So we're going to, we're going to dive right into all those things. Um, the purpose here for the listeners is, and I mentioned it earlier, is, is to deliver you a quality story that's real life, true, um, you know, and it had a, a negative impact on somebody's life or multiple people's lives. Maybe it, maybe it had a positive impact, and that'd be super rad too, right? If that had a uh, positive impact, because we like positive impact, that's good. Negative impact, not so good, but it's part of life. We've got to roll with it. So um, it should keep you interested. All right. I think you'll totally dig it. Um, I think uh, you'll be craving for the next week. Uh, you know, listener, listeners will be uh, being in rave over this. I'm hoping. I'm thinking because um, it's going to be really good shit. I'm excited. Um, you know, some of this might be explicit, uh, not all of it. And, uh, you know, it could get emotional, you know, really could think about it. So, uh, so that's one. Uh, the, the other thing that I'm looking at is, uh, you know, I think this will help officers as well because it gives them the opportunity to discuss their event. Too many times, um, you know, officers go out on on these scenes, you know, whether if it's a dead infant or a, a homicide or a vehicle uh, crash and, and there's a, a dead kid or something, you know, it's all traumatic. I mean, we see it all. And, you know, a lot of times we just, as cops, we'll bottle it up and, um, we don't talk about it, man, and that's not good. It's not healthy. Um, you know, the the perception for a long time was that, that it was a sign of weakness if you got emotional over stuff like that or, um, you know, if you needed a therapist to talk to somebody, and, and that's not the case. It isn't a sign of weakness, and it's it's a sign of strength. It's a sign. It's a – you're a warrior, man, and uh, warriors – need to be able to, uh, you know, discuss the things that they've experienced so they continue, can continue uh, going out on that battlefield every day and being warriors. And I've seen it firsthand. I mean, one of my really, really close friends committed suicide and uh, it was devastating. Um, you know, I don't... Uh, I don't hold any hate on him, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, I get it, I get it, 
but you know what? Enough's enough. That that bullshit's got to stop. So, um, you know, hopefully this will be <clears throat> an out for some of these folks. Uh, hopefully this will be, um, you know, a place that I uh, can get these officers on and they can talk about how a case affected them or, or what's been bothering them. Okay. And, you know, they, you know, they don't, they, they can remain anonymous on here. I'll give them some, uh, you know, give them some bogus name or whatever. So that, uh, you know, they don't have to disclose who they are. So that's, that'll be super awesome. Um, but anyways, I mean, uh, going back just a couple of days, a, a former peer of mine called me up and, uh, we're talking and he's, he was asking me about this case that I worked nine years ago and, uh, what's going on with it now and the publicity. He's like, Jesus, man, my wife is blowing me up. He's like, you need to do something about it. <laughs> and so anyways, one thing led to another. And, uh, I was telling him how I was just fixing to get this podcast going and, and I'd like to extend him an invitation to come out on it. And he told me, he said that he still struggles today uh, with an officer-involved shooting that he was involved in. Probably, I'm re- reflecting back on that, and it had to have been eight, ten years ago, if not longer. That yeah, it had to have been twelve years ago, maybe that he was involved in this officer-involved shooting. It was one hell of a shootout, too. And anyways, he said it still bothers him. And I was like, Jesus, dude can't say his name, but, um, I was like, you need to talk about that shit, and, uh, so anyways, uh, I extended him an invite to come on 1088 podcast, and he accepted, and, uh, so he, he will be one of our future, uh, lawmen that'll be on here, and I'm sure we'll talk about that shooting, it was pretty, pretty crazy shootout, holy shit, I remember it, I was working, I think I was working in the schools at the time when that shootout went down. It was uh, pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, folks, that's what it is, man. We're gonna we're gonna bring you real life police stories, man. Deep in this shit, um, and uh, I think you're gonna love it. I really do. And uh, I think it's gonna be great for our officers. It'll give them an opportunity to discuss the event. So maybe that'll be a one step closer for them uh, to work through it. So uh, I think that's super awesome. I'm, I'm way, 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 way excited. Okay, let's move on. Um, we've got that all figured out. Let me, uh, let me share a little something with you about me. So, you know where I'm coming from. My name's Ellis Maxwell. Sound familiar? Just think for a minute. Think, think, dot, 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 dot. If it doesn't, then you haven't listened to the cold podcast. If you have listened to the cold, cold, Jesus, I can't even fucking talk today. If, um, if you have listened to the cold podcast, then you probably picked up on my voice immediately once we started this, or, you know, it's why you're following 1088 podcast, because I kicked it out on social media, um, try to get this thing going, but anyways, 
During the course of my career, I did 20 years in law enforcement. I retired in January 2016. And um, in 2009, I was assigned a missing family case that came in that morning from patrol. My sergeant came to me and was like, yo, what are you doing? What the fuck do you think I'm doing? I'm sitting here working. He was a stud. But anyways, um, <clears throat> I need you to go out and help patrol on a missing family is what he tells me. I was like, okay. And so I reach out to the patrol officer, get some details, do a little uh, computer work there at my desk, see if I can find some stuff on these folks. Yeah, I don't find shit. Like there's like a traffic accident or something, but I mean, there's nothing on them. No criminal history, no history with the police department, nada. Um, but hey, they're missing, so uh, get on it. Well, this uh, missing person case turned into one crazy ass twist and turn case. That was just fucking nuts. Okay. It was nuts. It was crazy. Um, let me end here. And we'll get into it some more. If you haven't listened to the Cold Podcast, I highly recommend it. It's a really good podcast. It was put on by producer Dave Colley. And uh, he works with KSL News Radio. And you can find it um, you know, anywhere. Just type in Cold, C-O-L-D. Or you can go to their website, thecoldpodcast.com, and uh, check it out. There's all kinds of images on there of evidence and a lot of write-ups and some videos. And, uh, you know, and you can obviously get the podcast there, too. So, highly recommend it, thecoldpodcast.com. So, um, I'll end it here about this case. And we'll get into it some more, um, you know, in a different episode. Um, you know, I can take, uh, some requests from folks. You can send me an email and, uh, you know, I'll take a look at it and, uh, maybe we can have a discussion again about the pal case and I can answer those questions for you maybe, but, uh, long story short, she, Susan Powell is still missing. Yeah. Um, the piece of shit husband, Josh Powell. Uh, that was responsible uh, eventually in 2012 on Super Bowl Sunday. That son of a bitch took in his kids on a visitation and, and blew the house up, murdered his kids, and you know, obviously committed suicide. And then uh, one year almost, it's about 13 months to the date, his brother in Minneapolis, he did a swan dive off of a six-level parking garage downtown. Minneapolis killed himself. And then his sicko, nasty, filthy father, Stephen Powell, um, you know, he's, he, was, he was too pig-headed to commit suicide, so he ended up dying of a heart attack. Um, so, yeah, basically three-quarters of Powell family is now dead, and Susan's still missing. Horrible. Horrible. I mean, you can't even make this shit up. But anyways, we can get into more of that. Um, so, basically, 1088podcast.com came into light 
oh, probably about a year and a half ago. Um, you know, I was working on uh, Shield Balance. If you go to shieldbalance.com, that is my uh, investigation consulting website. And uh, I've got a PI agency license, and I do private investigative work, and I do uh, pre-employment backgrounds for private businesses. I'd like to get into doing uh, pre-employment backgrounds for officers for law enforcement, uh, but they're just too, they, you know, they don't like change, so they don't want to change the way they do things. They want to keep status quo and and support mediocre work and um, waste money, you know, doing backgrounds on the same guys over and over that apply for multiple agencies. When if I did them, you know, it could be done once and then I could just share it with the other agencies, but you know, that makes sense. So fuck it. Um, maybe one day get it to change, but I'll tell you, that's one thing I'll miss about working for the government. You know, it's their way or the highway. God, you know, Unfortunate if they improve something. All right, I don't want to go off on that rant too too quickly. But anyways, so I was looking at a buddy of mine. I was like, hey, you got to do a podcast. I'm like, you know what? That's That actually sounds pretty fun. I'm like, but I don't know what I do a podcast on. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? And so, you know, after a couple of nights, I kind of pondered it and I came up with this 1088 podcast and, and what I shared with you earlier, the whole concept and the purpose of it. And uh, I was like, dude, that actually would be pretty good. And I dived into it and, uh, Jesus, my Amazon cart was up to like fucking two grand, um, for equipment. And, uh, you know, I don't have a place that I could record. So I was looking at, uh, renting studio time and Jesus, I was just like, that was a quick fuck. No. Um, just cause I didn't have the money invested in it. I wasn't really bringing in a whole lot of money on shield balance and I needed to do something where I made some money. And, uh, so that kind of got tabled. And then in December, this last December of 2018, 1088podcast.com came up to renew. Um, and I was like, man, nah, I ain't going to renew it. Fuck. I'll never get, I'll never get to that point where I'll be able to do something like that. And then I changed my mind again. The one thing you're going to learn is I changed my mind a lot, um, which is fine. You know, I'm adaptable and flexible. That's why. So I decided to do it. And uh, now I'm like, God damn it. I don't have my 1088podcast.com uh, domain. I really want that. That's cool. I mean, I could still call this 1088podcast. I just don't have the .com to go with it. So I looked into it, and because I didn't pay it, it goes out in fucking domain universe somewhere floating around. So some big corporation company that sells domains can bid on them, and, and then once they have them, then they can put them back on the market for sale. Uh, if I wanted to buy it, it would cost me hundreds of dollars. And I was like, well, screw that, I ain't doing that. So anyways, I kind of bide my time, and... It was nuts, dude. I got on yesterday, just random, just to check and see if it was available yet, and it was, and so I bought it, and now I own that bitch, and I'm going to have it for like two years, if not forever. Depends on you listeners and how you guys uh, like the content. This content here might not be too good, because I'm just kind of ranting and raving and rolling on, and 
bouncing all over the place. But uh, if you do like this episode, <laughs> then you're going to fucking, you're going to love, you're going to love all the other episodes. Because I'm going to bring you good stuff. So I'll even share some of my stories. But uh, anyway, so I get here, I got 1088 podcast now. And uh, uh, my sister, she did a podcast the other day. She, uh, her very first one she's ever done. And I listened to it and it sounded amazing. I was like, man, that, that sounds good. Well, my sister's in fucking Oakland, and the gal that brought her on the podcast is in New York, and they did it over the phone, and so after, you know, listening to it, I kind of was checking out the site where I had to go and listen to it called Anchor, and uh, here we are, man, I did some research on this Anchor app, and it's basically podcasting mobile, Uh, you can use your mobile phone, and you do everything from your phone. It's remarkable, and it sounds good. I did a couple of test runs before we started this, and uh, sounded good. And that's, you know, why I had two thousand dollars worth of shit in my bucket on Amazon because uh, I think that's key. You've got to your podcast has to sound good. People have got to, you know, you don't want fuzzy, cracky, Doctor Phil fucking shit in the background, right? Um, and you don't want a lot of popping from, from lip smacking and, uh, whatever. So it sounded remarkable. So I was like, well, hell better late than ever, but no time better than now. Right. So let's get on it. So here I am, I'm sitting in a fucking hotel room in Colorado. (laughs) I don't even live in Colorado. Fuck. I live in Utah, but I'm out here in the Denver area this week. So no, no big deal. No big deal. Knock out this first episode and uh, uh, give you folks an idea of what you're up against um, and see what you think. And if you like it, then, uh, you know, obviously we'll keep keep rolling, man. Keep on keeping on. So going back to this whole podcasting, um, that's what got me to anchor. Uh, I explained to you that, you know, this was something that kind of sounded cool to do a year and a half ago. I tabled it. Now here we are. Well, all last year, I met with Dave Cowley at KSL News Radio, and we worked on uh, the Cold Podcast. And he interviewed me for hours. And he did a great job, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, I'll tell you this, it was therapeutic. It was more therapeutic uh, talking with Dave about this case, the Susan Powell case, that's what we talked about for hours. It was more therapeutic than seeing a fucking therapist, okay? And I've seen a therapist. We'll get into a different uh, episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, super, super uh, therapeutic. And so that even validated my, um, my, uh, thoughts of doing a podcast a year and a half ago and the reasons why I wanted to do it. Cause now I did a podcast and talked about some hard stuff and it helped me. So I thought it was super rad. So, um, and then I've had a lot of positive feedback from listeners saying, you ought to do your own podcast. Well, if they only knew, <laughs> One, I, uh, this has been pretty clean. Um, I've said a little bit of, a little bit of bad words on here, but, um, uh, 
you know, I'm not always going to be clean. And, you know, swear words can be very universal. So, um, you know, hopefully you don't get offended and you don't listen. You still listen and you got a little bit of thick skin. What you're going to have to have, right? We're all people. Even cops are people. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to humanize them, okay? We all work through things differently, especially uh, bad things that we see, like a really nasty automobile accident, accident where somebody's smeared all over the asphalt. I mean, Jesus, you know, seeing dead people is not cool, all right? And, um, you know, we deal with that all differently. And, you know, I'm sure there's been times you guys have seen on the news where you get a couple of detectives or cops standing around and, and they're giggling or laughing. Well, they're probably talking, one of them probably said a joke and they're laughing. They're not laughing at the dead body sitting beneath their feet or any of that nonsense. They're, they're, that, they're masking the grief that they're actually going through in their heads and they're, they're masking it with you know, telling jokes and, and uh, laughing and stuff like that, rather than just sitting there crying their fucking eyes out because, you know, this individual lost their life for whatever reason. So keep that in mind. I'm sure that'll come up again in the future in some of our other podcasts. But yeah, so the podcast, um, the cold podcast that I was featured on, I, I did a lot of talking on there. It was super awesome. Uh, I was really, really nervous because I was just like, fuck, I don't know how it's going to come out. And, you know, I didn't have no script. I mean, Dave Cowley didn't have a list of questions. And it's like, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. And I prepped for it. Fuck no, we just rolled. Okay. And I kind of like that. I mean, uh, I like to roll with it. Certain things in my life, other parts, you know, it's got to be rigid and and planned out, but, uh, it was really fun. Uh, here's another little tidbit news for you. Uh, I was also featured on discovery ID in regards to the pal case. So, and that's out right now. You can go out and, uh, and watch that episode. Uh, probably just, you know, get on discovery IDs website and search Susan Powell and bada boom, bada bang. There it is. And uh, just recently, last week, I was on uh, Dr. Oz. Got extended an invite from the producers of Dr. Oz, and they had an audience in-house last Thursday, and they brought me in via Zoom. So uh, my big old fat head was on this huge screen for the audience to see why I answered uh, four questions for Dr. Oz, and that was it, man. It was like six minutes, and I was out of there. They didn't want, they didn't want me rambling on like I am right now. So they just bam, here's questions, answer them, get the fuck out. <laughs> Whatever. It was cool. Um, and there's another uh, series coming out. I can't tell you who the network is yet, but it'll be this spring, and it might be somewhere in the ballpark between four to six episodes. I worked with a production company last year on it, and uh, that should be pretty good, hopefully. I don't know. You never know how they're going to paint you, you know, like they have you come on the show and, you know, ask you all these questions and shit, and then they don't even show 75% of the material. They just take little snippets out, 
And so you never know how they're going to, you know, paint you in the, you know, in, in the, in the show that they're, they're advertising, but whatever it is, what it is. Uh, hopefully it'll turn out pretty good and, uh, get some good, uh, reach some good audience and, uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. All right. So, um, let's see. Yeah. So that's that on my career as far as police work, 20 years in law enforcement. Uh, when I left, I was January, 2016 before I left from 2012, was it 12, 13, 14, 15? Yeah. 2012. Um, the pal case kind of got tabled. I mean, it was, we just weren't actively running and gunning on it anymore. And, uh, so it got tabled and, you know, I'd work on it here and there if there was something to work on. And I was, uh, offered an assignment, uh, you know, taking over the, um, kidnap sex offender compliance program. So the department this is one thing, give them credit for changing, um, cause they were running it part-time forever. And this friend of mine, she had to run it part-time. So she's working a full-time caseload, investigating child abuse, child sex offenses. And then part-time she's supposed to manage, you know, 180 plus sex offenders in our city and make sure that they're registering and, you know, staying compliant. Yeah. Nice job, West Valley. Um, but you know, when it came around to my turn and and they asked me if I would take it, I told them, I said, look, I'll do it. I said, but only under one circumstance, it's my full-time job. Like I am not going to do it full part-time because you can't be efficient. And what's the point of half-assing a program and doing a mediocre job if you're not holding these guys accountable? And so, uh, the agreement was, was that I could do it full time, but, um, you know, I'd still keep the pal case, which was fine. That's fine and dandy. So that was super rad. That's one thing that did do. And so I kind of revamped it and made some changes and, uh, it was the best program in the state when I left, according to the state of Utah, cause I worked real close with them because, uh, they're the ones that put the folks on the registry. Right. So, uh, Anyways, yeah, super proud of that. It was it was an awesome program. It, it was um, really, really good. But I also uh, created and developed a college internship program and brought that into the police department. They'd never had one like that before. Um, so it was a good thing they did there. Uh, give, you know, young young adults an opportunity to come in and, and see police work firsthand. And, uh, you know, we'd give them assignments to do. And, uh, it was really good. Um, a lot of positive feedback from the, uh, college folks that, that rolled in there and, uh, they got college credit for it. And it was, you know, it was good. It was good all the way around. I doubt they're still doing it, carrying it on. Maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not there. So fuck it. I don't care. Um, it's only so much you can do, man. Right. So, yeah. So then I was in, uh, we're kind of going backwards here, but, uh, so then from 2008 to 2012, I was in major crimes 
and uh, major crimes is basically um, it's a unit that investigates like your murder, any death. Okay, so all deaths, so unintended, attended, suicides, uh, accidental deaths, murders, officer-involved shootings. Uh, they handle all that, all that gruesome stuff. But they also handle all of your robberies and assaults as well, kidnappings, missing people. And so I didn't really want to go to that unit. And in 2008, I didn't want to go. I was actually had my letter in to administration to promote for sergeant. I was going to test for sergeant, but uh, a buddy of mine that was working in major crimes, um, he's like, hey, why don't you come over here? And I was like, oh, hell no. And he was, he was playing acting sergeant because uh, they had a change up and we're short staffed and blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like, oh, God, no, no way, man. I don't, I don't want, one, I like my time off. I don't like the smell of dead people. There's no way. And uh, he just kind of kept on me and on me and, you know, kind of gave some consideration. I couldn't retire till December 15, January 2016, technically the state of Utah. And, uh, and I was like, well, maybe I will go over there for a couple of years. I'll burn up a little bit more time and uh, I'll just be a sergeant for like the last two or three years till I retire. And uh, so I took the assignment and uh, everything was rock and roll and everything was rolling good. And then boom, here comes Susan Powell missing in December of 2009. And fuck, I ended up working that case um, clear up until uh, January. Uh, yeah, January yeah, 13, maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was December of 2012, that's when it was, December of 2012, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, so I did that, and then, before that, I was in, uh, uh, 2006, 2008, I was doing child abuse, child sex crimes. Very rewarding assignment. Um, very sad assignment. Um, very challenging and difficult assignment. Uh, that's that's a that's a whole episode right there. Um, and then before that, from 2003 to 06. I was in uh, the schools. I was a school resource officer for about half the time, and then I was a youth investigator for the other half. And, um, you know, basically worked out of the high school, Granger High School, there in West Valley City. And uh, I have to say that that is, was by far the most rewarding assignment. That was a spectacular assignment. Um, Anybody that's going into police work that wants to make a difference on people's lives and have a positive impact, it's working in the schools with the youth. Okay, adults have already made up their mind; they are who they are, and you're not really going to make a positive impact there. Maybe some, but it's rare. The youth, on the other hand, um, some of them need some direction. Some of them need. Uh, some guidance and love and support and 
shit like that, dude, because they're not getting it from their parents at home, which is unfortunate. And so, uh, very rewarding assignment. I cannot, I mean, if you're programmed, if you have a police department and you don't have a, an SRO program and you don't have detectives in your schools, then that's too bad because it even is a, it's a, it's a huge, huge positive impact and, and for the community and to build that rapport with these kids is just awesome. And, and that, that's another episode that'll come into play. Um, you know, the relationship I had with a student and, and then the next time I saw him, fucking I'm interviewing him because he shot one of our cops. <laughs> Fuck, dude, I'm telling you. But uh, yeah, we'll I'll talk about that another time. And, um, so then, uh, let's see. And then I was on the road, was on the road, uh, with West Valley from, uh, September of 01 up until April of 03. And while I was on the road, I was on the road six months and I was an FTO, which is a field training officer. And you're working with new recruits and I had some really new, new recruits, some really awesome new recruits. They're rad. And, uh, one of them just fucking retired uh makes me feel old he had previous experience so but he was a stud he did really good and uh yeah so then before that um i'm gonna i'm gonna jump all the way fucking back when i went through the academy in 95 and uh so we just went from 2003 to 95 okay or 2001 to 95 so in 95, that's, I, I self-sponsored and went through the academy myself. I mean, I had some help from my grandma and my mom giving me, floating me some cash here and there to help pay for it. But uh, I paid my way, went through. I was bound and determined to uh, get my certification and get hired on with West Valley City Police Department. That's the agency I wanted to work for. And I wanted to work for them because they were just busy hopping. Geographically, it made sense because I was familiar with the area. Um and so there was an opening that came open in around September or yeah, around September. Or so 95 and anyways, it was for code enforcement and, uh, they required that you had a post certification and which I did. So I was like, perfect. You know, the, the PD wasn't hiring at the time. And so, cause they just did a big hire. And, uh, so I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's great. I'll go there. Um, you know, I'll work for this code enforcement, enforcing city code and, uh, you know, I'll make my transition over to the police department a lot easier. And, uh, you know, cause I'm already working for the organization West Valley city. Right. So I get over there and, uh, actually the same week that they offered me a job, I got offered a job at Sandy police department cause I did, uh, applied with them and Sandy city is kind of the Southern end of Salt Lake County. And, uh, anyways, they offered me a position and, and I turned it down. I was like, nah, I'll, I'll take the code enforcement gig just because it's with West Valley. And that way I can transition in the police department a little bit easier rather than have to jump cities all together. So I turned down Sandy PD, Jesus Christ, if I had only known, <laughs> Holy good God. Um, 
so I get over there doing this code enforcement, man. And I think it's like three, four weeks into it. And, uh, you know, I'm working at a city hall and, uh, at the time, um, the boss was, uh, her name was Paula Houston and she's like, okay, uh, this week you're going to go out to the animal shelter. And I'm like, what? She's like, you're going to go out at the animal shelter. I said, what in the hell would I go out there for? <laughs> well, apparently code enforcement and animal control or animal services was all one unit was like one division department. Right. And, uh, and I guess we had to help them occasionally, is what I was told. And so I needed to go out there and get some training so that when I was to help them, I knew what to do. And I'm just like, uh, okay, whatever. You know, I can make this happen. I just got to get over the police department. <laughs> so I go out to this freaking decrepit old, it's like a horror story of an animal shelter. I sold and I get out there and I meet this gal and she's like, okay, Ellis, you're going to, first off, we're going to go clean the kennels. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, we're going to go clean the kennels. Fuck that. I did not sign up for this job to come out here and shovel dog shit and spray out kennels. No, God, no. Like if anybody knows me, I've got like the worst stomach for smells. Okay. And I'm going to be in this in this freaking animal shelter smelling dog shit and shoveling dog shit and spraying. No, no. And I told her, I said, I'll fucking quit, man. And so I literally called up the boss, man. I was like, this is bullshit. You guys never said anything about this in the interview. Um, I did not sign up for this. I'm not going to do this. I was so pissed off. I'm like, this is so like undermining everything that I wanted to do. Nothing against them, but I mean, there's some people who can do jobs and some people that can't do jobs. And that was a job that I wasn't going to fucking do. No way. So, um, anyways, long story short, I ended up doing it. Jesus. And, uh, um, yeah. That job, uh, so I did that code enforcement shit from 95 until uh, 99. And then I quit and went to Park City full-time in 99. And then the chief got pissed off at me because um, he was just a dickhead. And uh, it was 2000, that, uh, April of 2000, that he... Uh, told me that he'd give me this uh, severance package if I quit. I was like, I'm not going to quit. Why would I quit? I haven't even done anything wrong. And then he fired me. So then I was like, okay, I'll take the severance package. Someone the severance package. And uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So then I leave. I leave there. And, 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 and you know, obviously I was a good employee because I went back to West Valley. Um, I think it was like three months, two months later. They hired me back, gave me my seniority, my pay. I think they even gave me a raise. So that was pretty rad. And I was doing code enforcement. And so I went back there and I just figured, screw it. I'll just go back there, do that job and uh, hang out. And I'll go back to school and learn a new trade. And uh, maybe I'll go into 
be a general contractor. So that was kind of what my goal was. But then a, a dude that we hired on doing code enforcement prior to me going back, uh, he was a stud. Um, he retired from Murray PD. And uh, he told me that West Valley was hiring. He knew I was wanting to get on with West Valley. And I told him, nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. But uh, anyways, he talked me into it. And he's like, dude, you don't want no regrets. You don't want to look back and be like, oh, shit, should have did this. So, uh, so yeah, nonetheless, and I, and I mentioned this in the cold podcast, is, uh, you know, I just, I didn't give a shit, man. I just rolled in there. I think I was wearing jeans. I didn't shave. Had this goatee going, and, uh, you know, I didn't ask to be seated or told to be seated. I sat down when I wanted to answer the questions, got up, fucking left. I was like, fuck this. They, a lot of the people on the board knew who I was, knew my work ethic, so I figured if they want to hire me, they'll hire me for who I am and uh, what they know of me. So, anyways, uh, yeah, so then fucking next thing you know, I get hired. And, uh, that's where that all began. So, um, yeah, I've got tons of stories, tons of stories I can share with you folks. And, uh, I'm really super excited. Um, you know, I hope I didn't ramble on too much and you fell asleep listening to me and, um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get this out there and, uh, we'll bring you, uh, we'll bring a, We'll bring a cop on here in the next two weeks, maybe next week. Fuck it, I don't know. Keep uh, keep in tuned with me, man. You can uh, visit. I don't have uh, 1088podcast.com up and running yet. So why don't you go to ellismaxwell.com? Yeah, buddy. E-L-L-I-S-M-A-X-W-E-L-L dot com ellismaxwell.com you go there you can learn um pretty much basically everything i just shared with you but you can also follow my blog and see what's happening there and when the next episode 1088 is going to be coming out you can also see um you know any other events i got going on as well i'll post those in in the blog uh, i've got a really awesome uh, nonprofit that I'm working on that should be coming out in June or July this summer. It's called Shield Guardian. It's a nonprofit for first responders. I'm super excited about it. Um, it's all ready to go with the state of Utah. I just need to get that uh, 10, form 1023 over to the IRS. So that'll be happening probably next week. And, uh, if you go to alicemaxwell.com, you can also, there's a link there to go to shield, uh, shieldbalance.com. And over at shieldbalance.com, there's uh, uh, a tab for scheduled dates. And uh, there you can find where I will be presenting uh, material for law enforcement and or the public. I think right now that I got on there, it's a private event out in South Jordan that I'll be doing in March. Uh, so you're out of luck on that, and that's basically a, a, a discussion about the Powell case. Um, but I'm going to put together another one and uh, open that up to the public. And it'll be like about a three-hour deal um, where we discuss domestic violence awareness and the Susan Powell case and 
yeah, so go visit ellismaxwell.com. Thanks for listening today. Um, Episode number one of 1088 Podcast. Super awesome. I'm way excited. Um, Let's see. You can email me at ellismaxwell.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Please do um, connect with me on, on Twitter and Instagram. My Facebook page is Shield Balance. Um, and you can also email me. So if you have an idea of what you would like to hear, say you uh, want to get really specific and you're like, I want to hear a story about uh, an officer running from a mean dog and then the officer shoots the dog, and but he keeps missing the dog. I don't know. <laughs> that was kind of funny, though. Anyways, if you have any ideas, uh, what you want to hear, shoot me an email. Uh, you go hit that link at ellismaxwell.com. Again, thanks for listening, and have a great day. Be safe. If you do get pulled over, be polite. Don't fail the attitude test. <laughs>